football fans and welcome to the long shot podcast i am your host nick and we are back after one week hiatus david how are we feeling i'm feeling great i'm i'm glad to be back i'm glad we had um the long shots executive retreat uh last week i feel refreshed paul yeah guys i i got into an argument today and i i think we need to put it out to a vote on twitter in dynasty rankings do people believe Amari Cooper is a top 10 receiver? I mean, I, I have to know, are we the only ones that are not believers in Amari Cooper? Yeah, the numbers have been there. But like I told Nick today, I dug and dug for comparisons and comparisons, same draft class. Do you know the guy that I found that was so similar to him, numbers? I said Kelvin Benjamin for yeah. your reference, David. David, do you know who it is to compare him? Another guy we hate, same numbers. Oh, did he? You say hate Sammy Watkins, but we Sammy. love what he does for the community. Yes, Sammy Watkins. This guy's numbers are very similar through the first 77 games that these played. Very similar. So I, I still think you need it out to a vote. Is Amari Cooper a top 10 receiver for Dynasty? And the answer is no. Now, now, hold on. Can we get a reference here? Like, when you're saying Dynasty, are we talking for the next five years? Are you talking for your team? This year, and you're just in a dynasty league. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'll just put it out there. For the next three years, okay. Do you think he is going to finish in the top ten for the next three years? Overall, in the next three years, I'm a no. Nick's, no, Nick's a maybe. Nick's here. a maybe. No, Paul, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, top of the head, who's going to finish in the top ten next three years? Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, Colton Sutton, Michael Gallup, uh, OBJ, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. Um, I feel like I that's more than 10. I know, but I'm just saying Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, AJ Brown, DJ Chark. All these guys I just named, rather have them than Amari Cooper. Okay, let's move on. It's got to be to a vote because we're very biased, just like we are with Sammy Watkins. If and how great Sammy Watkins is. You're right. All right, moving on to some news and notes around the league. Um, I first want to start off with Andy Cheeseburger Reed. Yeah. What did Andy Reed have to say for himself? Well, I, I mean, Nick, I mean, it's quite simple. You hand out Super Bowl rings and – you use your Super Bowl ring for one thing. And what, what is that one thing? Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers. I mean, Andy Reid should be able to walk into any restaurant in the Kansas City area and they should go, hey, you want a cheeseburger? It's on the house. It's that simple. You just got to flash the ring, right, Paul? That's what you do. You, you put, when you're ordering, you put your hand on the table, show that ring and what you did. Not that. I don't think anyone would re- wouldn't recognize him in Kansas City, but make sure they see that Super Bowl ring to remind them what you did for this city. And that cheeseburger's on the house. Whether that be from McDonald's, Arby's, Arby's doesn't sell cheeseburgers, guys. Now, just yeah. just stop there. Now, guys, do you think any upgrade? Do you think he should be charged for an upgrade? He should be free bacon for life if he wants. Okay, so you're good with the upgrade. So yeah. The last thing about Andy Cheeseburger Reed is who to win in the fight. Andy Cheeseburger Reed or Ed 
Oregon from LSU, the coach from there. Go Tigers. Who won the fight between those two? Eileen, Ed Orgeron. Orgeron. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Eddie. The big Eddie. Okay. I don't yeah, know. Okay, they both love their sandwiches, though. Okay. Yeah, they, they love them. I, I just want to make a comment. Andy Reid, is he the is he the goat for coaches in the NFL? I mean, we always talk about Bill Belichick. Andy Reid. He's only had one Super Bowl, so you can't. I, yeah, I don't I, and, and that, that, that's what's tough. But Andy Reid does a ridiculously good job, and we can expect to see the Chiefs in the playoffs every year, whether that's behind Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid, potentially both. Moving on, news and notes. So let's talk about some holdouts, some new contracts. Um, top of the mind, you got Leonard Fournette being cut. Or waived. You got Joe Mixon signing a four-year, forty-eight million dollar contract. You got you had a rumor about Alvin Kamara saying uh, that they're willing to trade him, and then cleared up today saying, "No, we don't want to trade him. We're all good over here." Haven't heard much from Dalvin Cook. So, out of Kamara and um, oh, I guess Leonard Fournette just signed today. So let's start with Alvin Kamara. Kamara, whatever you want to say his last name is. Are we worried about him not playing this year? David? Uh, no, uh, he's going to play. He's going to be a saint. Um, they, He's in a great situation there because he's not overused. Um, but I texted you guys earlier, these NFL franchises, they don't value their running backs. They use, They value them through their rookie contract. And then if your offensive line is good enough or you see a decent talent in the draft, you just go get a cheap guy. I Kamara's going to play this year. I am worried about his longevity with the Saints, though. I don't know if yeah, he can get Paul, a long-term deal done. Paul, touch on that. What is Kamara worth? He wants CMC money, but do you think he deserves Joe Mixon money, $12 million a year, or do you think he demur, I mean, deserves Christian McCaffrey money? Guys, that's what is so hard to tell because Kamara has had the stats. He's been on the field. He's produced in every single way you can ask him to but he's also the benefactor of a great offense and a great system. So while I do think he deserves the money, I don't know that the Saints are going to be willing to pay him because they've been able to shuffle people in and out, whether it be Latavius Murray to get in the end zone and some of these other guys. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah. Mark Ingram when he was there, they shuffled guys in and out, and everyone has been successful. So why do they need to spend the money there, especially when – they're paying Taysom, Taysom Hill what he's being paid. Why not bring in another top receiver or a better offensive line? I, look, he's produced. He's done everything you could ask him to to get paid like Joe Mixon. I just don't believe the Saints are going to be the team to hold on to him. Yeah. So, Paul, is he playing this year for the Saints, yes or no? Yes, he's playing. Okay. He's going to play. I, I think I think he's too competitive not to play. Um who was okay, guys? This is the, I, I'm really gonna struggle with this name. What was his name? Pierre Thomas? No. Yeah. yeah was yeah, it the, yeah. the running back? I mean, I don't remember the Saints ever paying him, and and, and he was solid for them. Look, the Saints, the Saints aren't a team that's gonna pay over 12 million for Kamara, and that that brings me to my next point. I think the Bengals and Joe Mixon did had a great deal. Four years, 12 million dollars a year for $48 million over the next four years. Great deal for both sides. Joe Mixon, you guys know, I think he's a top five talent in the league. I think he is one of the best running backs in the league, and I think the Bengals did the right thing of signing him to that long. Four years, Paul, he'll be old by then, won't he? 
it's already old. Right. You'll never believe this. But I, I, I did research. We called guys old. I, I thought a presser prime. I totally retract all my statements about old running backs. Believe it or not. Because when you look at some of the rushing leaders of all time, season by season, these guys are all old. They're all old. By old, do you mean like 27? 27, 28. All these guys come in there <laughs> and have great years when they're old. It's unbelievable. Well, and- I'm sorry. I mean, Paul, you see it right now with uh, your Frank Gores and Carlos Hydes. Uh, they're getting behind any offensive line, and they're being productive. I mean, the, these veteran guys, um, I mean, at 20, 26, I would say you're getting to a veteran for a running back age as long as you've been in the league. Um, you you produce. I mean, that's just it. So, so David, Joe Mixon, do you think the Bengals is the right thing? Do you think that's an appropriate amount of payday for him? Yeah, I – Joe, Joe Mixon's been there. He's been the every down back for them. Joe Mixon didn't say, hey, I want to be the top paid running back in the league. Joe Mixon took a, I would say it's an above average deal, but the Bengals committed to him. I, I like the deal. That's both sides coming to the middle. Joe Mixon had every right to say, no, I want more money, but he said, I'd rather sign for this team for, I, I'd consider that a long-term deal, four years. <laughs> Yeah, four, four years absolutely. Of that is a huge. Um, that's a that's a long time for a running back who is. I mean, so in four years, that's going to be like his eighth year in the league. That's a long time. I I love the deal. Um, I love the deal for Joe Mixon. I don't know if I love it for the Bengals. I love it for the Bengals. They did the right thing. Paul, do you love it for the Bengals? Before we move on. So my question to you is, if they could have traded a first round. To the Saints and paid Alvin Kamara $12 million. What's the better option? If they trade a first, Alvin for a first round for Alvin Kamara and they have Joe Mixon and. No, no, no. If they got rid of Joe Mixon, if they didn't pay him, if they traded a first round pick for Alvin Kamara and paid him Joe Mixon contract. That's fine with me. I, I, but, but then again, I think, I think that'd be a dumb trade when I think Joe Mixon and Kamara are very, very comparable. I, they go hand in hand. So I, I, I think Kamara can make more, um, more people miss, but I think <laughs> Joe Mixon's going to be your better, um, running through the A or B gap because those right. are gaps on the offensive those are line. Gaps in football. All right, moving on. So just a quick touch base on Dalvin Cook. I, there's there's been contract negotiations. I haven't heard much about it. I heard he was holding out. Then he said, "No, I'm not holding out." Paul, have you heard anything more about Dalvin Cook's situation? No, it's been pretty quiet. Um, I mean, he's been on the field practicing, as far as I know. Either they're getting close. They got to be getting closer to something. I mean, just, he's trying to stay up. There. So, I, I think something done. Yeah, I think like a 14 million dollar deal would be good. 13. I don't know. That's just me. I think Joe Mixon money because he's proven he can't be on the field. So he's got to be willing to take a little less money knowing that history if he wants to sign a long-term deal. That's true, yeah. Dave is just typing away over there. I can tell you he's about to come out with something really good here. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Here's the, all the Vikings have to do is say, man, you haven't been on the field, but when you're on the field, you're productive. Um Signing him to a Joe Mixon deal, I think, is too big of a risk for the Vikings. 
Um, I look, Dalvin Cook's been beat up. He can't stay on the field. I I don't like it. I'm okay for a one or two year deal, but the Vikings should walk away from anything more than a two year deal. Yeah, sign up for four years, forty eight million. All right, I, I am available to run behind an offensive line. Leonard Fournette. We just got breaking news. The Bucks are looking to sign him, and I know we have a good um, Rojo fan base that listens to this, and I know Rojo owners and dynasty leagues are a little concerned that Fournette might take some carries. Guys, as Aaron Rodgers once said, relax. Rojo is going to still be on the team just with no carries. Okay, so I want to hit on this before I toss it to you, Paul. I like I from the Jaguars' perspective, I – understand he's going to want a lot of money. Your team's no good. Why pay a guy who is good enough to be a, a top 10 running back in the league, but your team sucks. Why have that kind of guy in your team? Cut him, know him. But, but the thing is the head coach came out and said, we try to get a fifth round for him. We try to get a sixth round for him, but no one wanted him. But Nick, Nick, what? We know why that is though, because, why? Of the, because of the waving, I mean, you're not going to give up, you don't want to take on that kind of contract. You don't. Well, maybe well, I don't. Maybe not, yeah. His contract's not up yet. That's the thing. He's gonna want money next year. It doesn't have to be this year. So, to me, it from a Jaguars perspective, they're tanking already. You can tell. I get it, but I think Fournette is a very good talent in the NFL, and I'm I'm shocked that he was released. Paul, what, what do you guys say here? Yeah, I've always been a Leonard Fournette fan. Holy oh, crap! We know. You, wow. I just have, but I've relied on him so many years, and he hasn't produced. Now, it's an unfortunate situation that Jacksonville has just had an awful offensive line, and clearly they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's who they want. But if you look at Fournette's stats, he's averaged about four yards a carry throughout his career. He's had injuries. He's caused controversies in the locker room. I, I get it from Jacksonville. It's time to move on. He was never going to carry your team. No one was ever going to carry your team. It was a waste of fourth overall pick. It's a shame. I mean, they went through the picks that Jacksonville's made, the top 10 picks over the last five years. I think they've had a top 10, maybe even a top five pick every year. And it's just been atrocious. And you can just put his name to it. I mean, he has been as unproductive as you can be. And I don't, it's not all him. It's not all him. I'm not going to blame that. But the stats don't lie that he has not lived up to who he was supposed to be. That's I, 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 would, I would say the same thing. I'm going to tell you his stats over the last um, three years. His uh, rookie year, 1,040 yards, nine touchdowns in 13 games. Got hurt his second year. And then last year, he had 15 games. He had 1,100 yards and 80, uh, sorry, and 76 receptions. Those are pretty good numbers, if you ask me. I, they wanted him to be more, like you said, Paul. But I, I still think he's a very, very good talent in the league. Based on what, though? I mean, that they fed him the ball and he ran four yards a carry. Let's see, four yards a carry is pretty good. He had see two. Yeah, that that's dismal in the NFL. You you don't want that. You, you gotta be. From from everything I'm reading, no one's impressed with. I, I'm impressed with 4.3 yards of carry because to me, if you run the ball three times, that's a first down. But that's just math. 
apparently 4.3 yards isn't that great, according to some of the scouts and what other people are saying. So, Nick, I understand why you think that's good. I still think it's really good. But everything I'm reading says 4.3 sucks. I just thought, like, I'm trying to think of other running backs in the NFL that I'd rather have them over, starting running backs. C.J. Spiller. Okay. Thank you. Oh, is he not in the league? I'd rather have him over Ronald Jones. I'd rather have him over Tony Michelle. I'd rather have him. Can can we clarify? Ronald Jones isn't a starter anymore, so let's just get over that. But I just thought it was shocking. I think Fournette's good. And if you had your draft already, I'm sorry, because you probably took him in the fourth round. Okay, but can he be effective in Tampa Bay? Now, yeah. Nick, 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 I think – I don't remember if it was you or Paul. One of you is really down on the Tampa you, – you think they have way too much hype. I think this adds to the hype, and I think this makes them so much better that they got a guy who, in my opinion, 4.3 yards of carry is fantastic – I think Tampa just got so much better by adding him, and then you got that athletic ability with Rojo coming in with rest. I just um, you. <laughs> I like I like the pickup from Tampa Bay. They were sketchy at their running back situation, and they just went ahead and solved that issue, in my opinion. Okay, well, so enough about Leonard Fournette. Let's let's talk into our main segment of today. We're trying to go for a half hour here, folks. Two rookies for each quarterback wide receiver running back um and i want to start off with a guy we probably haven't talked a lot about and his name is justin herbert for the for the um was it la chargers now los angeles yeah yes um so right now he's the backup but paul i want to hear your take do you think herbert is the future i do i do believe herbert is the future now I think there's going to be a lot of hesitation because I believe Terod Taylor is going to stay on the field and he's not going to make the mistakes that Noodle Arm did. So mm. he will be on the field. And I, I expect Herbert probably not to get too much playing time towards the end of the year. I think he's going to be a two to three year development, but the guy's got a cannon for an arm. And I think he can lead the offense. The LA Clippers have the Clippers or the Chargers, which the one? Clippers, absolutely. The Clippers, LAC, Los Angeles. <laughs> Clippers. Okay. I do think they invested in him. They've invested in the offensive line. I think their quarterback play is going to be good. Two to three years, I expect a lot of things out of him. And here's the thing I'll add to that, Paul. I think they have so many weapons to help them out. They have Hunter Henry, a fantastic tight end when healthy. Keenan Allen, consistently over 1,000 yards receiving. Mike Williams, who can go up and get the deep ball. You got Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson in the backfield. You got a great offensive line. I mean... There's a lot of weapons around him to make him good. And you see a lot of quarterbacks. I'll say it, Josh Rosen, who I thought was going to be a great quarterback in the NFL, get in there too early and just kind of lay an egg. And people like Aaron Rodgers stood behind Brett Favre. I know Tyrod Taylor is no Brett Favre, but it takes a year or two to develop, and then they're gold. Let's not forget that in his career at Oregon, in four years, he threw over 10,000 yards and 95 touchdowns. Incredible. Sure, the Pac-12. Yeah, he, 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 and he played all four years. I mean, this guy is developed. He's patient. He's taking his times. Yeah, he laid an egg some games in the Pac-12, and the Pac-12's defense isn't the greatest, but he produced. you got other guys coming to the Pac-12 that have been sufficient quarterbacks throughout the time besides Matt Leiner. 
Ah, he played for the Cardinals, didn't he? That's upsetting. Okay, so, so guys, here's the deal. I mean, redraft league, you're, you're not drafting this guy. We're talking dynasty leagues who value rookies. This guy will be the starter, in my opinion, next year. I'm worried about him in the fact that at Oregon, he was averaging his yards per attempt was right around eight yards. Now, he's not, so he's not throwing, he's not throwing the ball too far. But that does tell me, I believe Paul just said it, he does make smart plays. And I do believe the Chargers system supports the short the short yardage. But I just don't know if he can be effective in fantasy. I mean, I'm looking at this, and I'm kind of getting excited about Austin Eckler for whenever, well, Terod Taylor also does checkdowns. But Herbert also does checkdowns. He's not going to be getting these 300-yard games. He's going to be checking the ball down. He will make the smart plays. I don't know if he's going to have much fantasy value because you have to hope that these guys are going to break a couple tackles and get get into the end zone. I- the one the one thing that does worry me, David, is that you haven't seen an Oregon quarterback produce in the NFL that I know of. The last ones I can think, I know. Oh, Mar- oh, let's just use it, Mar- Marcus Mariota. Yeah, it wasn't- Marcus Mariota. We thought. We I- thought when he came into the NFL, he could have been okay, but we. On this podcast, we have bashed him because he never throws the ball further than, what, 13 yards? He never throws it deep. And I, I'm, I'm nervous that Herbert can't th- isn't going to throw it deep. Unfortunately, now he has Mike Williams. He has Keenan Allen. But his stats suggest that at Oregon, he's checking the ball down because he doesn't have confidence in his deep ball. That, so, that's my take. So... Uh, the quarterbacks I'm thinking of is you got Marcus Mariota, you got Dennis Dixon back in like 06. He's great on he's great at NCAA football. A little pale Mary yeah, no, yeah, that was right. The one that the one that had a decent career in the NFL, I believe he did. You can correct me if I Kellen Clemens, two thousand five ish out of Oregon. I what think. do you consider decent? <laughs> I mean like a backup role. Okay. Like a decent NFL career, but there hasn't been a stud Oregon quarterback in recent history. My so. point, my point is historically Oregon quarterbacks, in my opinion, have been the scrambling type, and I think they made Correct. the adjustment. And Justin Herbert is a pocket passer, which is different than anything. So you can't compare it to Mariota or anything that they did in the past. Justin Herbert is a pocket passer, and if he's got that pocket, which the L.A. Clippers are invested, yeah, the Chargers, Paul, the Chargers, at least this is, this is the NFL. <laughs> Did you you pour more than two ounces tonight? No, I'm just kidding. You, come on. Ever since they moved to Los Angeles and it says L.A. I just can't can't help but think of the Clippers. So before we move on to our next quarterback, Paul and then David, does Justin Herbert take over at any point this year? As long as if Tyrod Taylor stays healthy, doesn't get hurt, does Justin Herbert take over this year? David, go first. Once the Chargers are eliminated from playoff contention, they throw them in. So, yes, because I believe they won't be in the playoff mix. What week? 13. Okay. Yeah. I believe he'll play week 13, 14, just to get him experience for the next year. I don't think Terraza losing his job. I just think they'll give him experience to look for the future. Hot take. I... 
I lean toward not playing this year. Um, I think they're going to roll with Tyrod Taylor all year and tank for one year. Tank is a loose term, but um, if they're not a bottom half, if they're not a bottom five team in the league, then yes, he will get in week 13, week 12. But if they're a bottom five team, expect them to roll with Tyrod Taylor the whole year. That's my opinion. Um, let's talk about Tua Tuolova real fast. And question is, in redraft leagues, is this guy worth taking in, in the draft, David? Because we can all expect him to come in this year. There's, there's some good weapons around him, but is he worth taking that possibly high upside? If Tua plays, which he will this year, um, it means the Dolphins are getting smoked, which I believe they will. I think he has way too much upside to pass on him because he's going they're going to be okay with him throwing the ball up. They're going to say, take the risk. And look, they want this guy to be the future, and they're willing to stick with him. Now, Fitzmagic has to hit the bench, which I don't know what week that will be. But if you can stash Tua or pick him up around week eight, I think he's a great stash. I don't like drafting him because I like to have guys you can drop on your team. That's how my team works. That's why I'm an average fantasy player. But I like the upside of him. They're going to give him freedom to learn the NFL. Take him. He's going to be throwing the ball up to Devontae Parker for touchdowns. Okay. I just want to also point out that I don't think Devontae Parker has nearly as good as years he had, what did last year. He'll be like, yeah, Nick, Nick, we're talking about Tua. I know, but that also leads me to my point of Tua. I'm staying away from him this year and maybe until I might stay away from all time because of the lack of dolphins. Um, besides Mike Gusecki, of course, besides, you know, because of the reason why I'm really struggling right now, they don't have those playmakers. That's what I'm going for until they get a playmaker. I'm staying away from Tua. Devontae Parker said he's better than Michael Thomas. That's, that's old. I, I, I do think they have some playmakers, not to the level of some of these other teams. I think they'll be down the row. But for me, the bottom line is what I'm really questioning right now is, and it's a sad thing, but I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick just lost his mom and he's taking a leave of absence. So the question is, is he going to be back and ready for week one? And mm. if not, do they just throw Tua in right away? Or do they really roll with Josh Rosen? I mean, I don't think they'd roll with Josh Rosen, would they? I, 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 I don't know. I know two is healthy, but do you really want to put him in right away? Because if Tua starts the season, he's going to end the season. There's Absolutely. no doubt. Whether Ryan Fitzmagic's back week four, week eight, week ten, they're not going to put him back in if Tua starts the season. So. I really don't know what's going to happen. I think there's a lot of upside because I think you'll get a lot of opportunities to throw the ball with them being down. Um, their defense picked up a little bit this year, so he does have playmakers around him, just not to the level that with high expectations. With that being said, Paul, are you drafting him in your in, in, our, in our redraft league? Two quarterback league, yes. One quarterback, not a chance? No. Okay. Um... Okay, so let's move on to our running backs I want to talk about. Um, so the first one I want to talk about, let's talk about three. 
um, is I want to talk about Cam Akers first. So Cam Akers, and we, you, yeah, you were big on Cam Akers, so make this exciting. No, I, 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 I think we all agree that Cam Akers is probably the back to own in LA, but the question remains for people who maybe haven't drafted yet or did draft is when's the appropriate time to take that kind of guy who it's kind of a messy backfield with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Cause you don't really know what's going on over there, but Sean McVay is like Cam Akers is the man. Like he's really, he's been showing out. How do you take that information, Paul? I know it's training camp. We say it's training camp, but what do you make of that? When do you take him? Hey, Nick, you know what? Let, let, let me take that first. I want to step in front of Paul. Okay. He, he is the guy right now. Cam Akers is the guy. Now, you're not obviously not taking him in like the second or third round. I'm looking at the fifth to sixth round for him. I don't know his ECR. I don't have that stat in front. Paul's going to do some number crunching for me on that. But Cam Akers is the guy, and I think they are going to take the risk on him. They are going to give him the ball and give him an opportunity. If he slips up, they're in a lot of trouble. But everything that is coming out of this camp says he is looking not like a veteran back, but he's looking like a very confident back that can make plays. Cam Akers is the guy to own in this backfield. So, I, Paul, do you have his ECR? Yeah, I do right here. So for okay. a, re, a redraft league, hold on. Let, let me switch just to PPR because that's what I enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, he is going number 24. Now, the good comparison, I, I don't think we're talking about him, but right next to him is DeAndre Swift. I mean, th- that's a really good comparison to, to feel like. He did. Now, I believe Cam Akers is in a better offense. I think – he is going to struggle for touches with some of these other guys. I think he'll get some opportunities, but I just don't see him blowing out these other guys and him being a pure three down back. See, I'm going to argue that point, Paul, because I, I personally think that he will be the three down back this year. Um, so I'm thinking all the way back to 2000. In 2000, 2005, you had Marshall Falk, um, who was a beast back there, and immediately rolling into Steven Jackson. And then you had this kind of three-year gap where the Rams didn't really have a running back to my – I don't really remember who was at the back there. Then they had Todd Gurley. All three of these guys I just mentioned from 2000 to 2019 were basically three down backs. But they, I, were not, they were not rookies. Those yeah. were proven players. Okay, okay, okay. And Nick, that okay. was the St. Louis Rams. Okay. For, yeah, but Todd Gurley was I, – I don't – Paul, I don't quite remember. Did Todd Gurley take over his rookie year? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. I want to say he did. So his rookie year, he had – Oh, no, no, there's no way because Todd Gurley's the one that had that um, horrific leg injury in, um, at, at Georgia, right? So in tw- so his rookie year, he had 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. In yeah, he was the guy. Yeah, but he had the first year. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think just because he's a rookie, the Rams are gonna okay not play him. But we're talking about the the Rams. You you can't compare five years ago to Sean McVay taking over three True. years. It's totally different coaching staffs. Yeah, ownership may be the same, but. 
that doesn't compare coaching staffs in how they operate. I just don't think it's the same. But Marshall Falk was good. Oh, he was great. It was Steven. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just going to end this. Cam Akers is worth the risk. This is a messy backfield that majority of your leagues are going to avoid. Cam Akers is worth the risk. However, that's it. He's the guy. So let's move on to someone else who has a lot of hype around him. I just want to quickly touch base on it. Um, and that's Clyde Evers Hilaire. Guys, I've been doing some research. And I am fading Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year. I I don't think he has as good as a year as people are thinking. And the reason I say that is because I was looking back at, you know, Shady McCoy stats um, back with and Andy Reid system. So two he had, in the Andy Reid system, he had two years over a thousand yards rushing, one killer a year, seventeen touchdowns. But the first year Shady McCoy and Andy Reid is a rookie year, six hundred yards rushing. Four touchdowns, 40 receptions, 300 yards, zero touchdowns. I'm not saying that it's going to be the same exact thing as it was in 2009, but Daryl Williams has been productive back there. Damian, I don't know, Darwin Thompson, Charkandrick West, I don't know who the third about, who the third is, but I think they work all three of them in this year. And the, the ECR is probably in the second round, and I don't like him there. And I'm fading him, and if you have a choice of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or a Joe Mixon, you better be taking Joe Mixon. Okay, Nick, I, I just want to say, not too long ago, 2017, a young rookie by the name of Kareem Hunt on the Kansas mm. City Chiefs, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns, 53 receptions, 400 yard, 450 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. You can't but, tell me that Andy Reid won't work in a rookie in a no other backfield scenario. Now, without, without Damian Williams or without anyone else, I think this guy's got a clear cut path to have a lot of touches. And not only do they have Patrick Mahomes and they can run a more efficient offense with all the weapons, there's going to be a lot of opportunities of opening the the Red Sea right through the middle. For him so, but my, but my also my concern that is paid Patrick Mahomes five hundred million dollars. It's a lot of money, and they're not going to have this guy hand the ball off two hundred and fifty times this year. They absolutely are because of Patrick Mahomes' regression. They won't or his regression. No, they pay the man five hundred million dollars to throw the football to and win the Kansas to City win. to win in any man. They also just signed Andy Reid to a six-year extension. Wait, you mean Andy Cheeseburger Reed? Yes, Mr. Cheeseburger <laughs> himself. They signed him to an extension. So who do you think has more power? Right now it's Andy Reid. No, no. Mahomes has more power. No. You're telling me that you think the Chiefs would get rid of Mahomes before they would get rid of Andy Reid. Absolutely. Oh, wow. No. David, weigh in, please. Hold on. No, I, hold on. I don't know if I want to. Go ahead, Paul. What were you going to say? Yeah, go ahead. Defend yourself. We're over 30 minutes. Don't do Bill Belichick and Tom Brady scenario. Oh, here we go. All right, hold on. I, I, Bill Belichick got rid of Tom Brady. Good no, call, Paul. I just want to look up one thing real quick just to, just to make my point. Chad Henney is the backup quarterback. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs could still win the division with Chad Henney at quarterback? 
No. Chad, Chad Henney is, I believe, a high school football coach as well. So he's doing good things. And that was Matt Moore, David. Oh, Matt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. That, you know, that's on me. You don't. All the answers, no. Go win the division. You really don't. Let's see. Chargers, Broncos, and Oakland. Yeah, you still don't. Uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Oh, my bad. Wow. That's a, that, that's a pretty crappy division. I still don't think they can. I mean, I don't know. I, I, Paul, uh, you know, Paul, that's an inter- that, that is an interesting point. Because I, I've been man. all up on Denver. I've been all up on Denver, but the Chiefs have got to be. No, I'm with Paul. The Chiefs, the Chiefs win that division. The, the Chiefs win it. No. Andy Reid, thank you. No. We'll put that poll out, too. Who has more power in the Chiefs organization, Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes? We're going to need to define uh, what power is. So I'll, I'll go ahead and weigh in about Clyde okay. Edwards. Okay, yes, thank you. I'll go ahead and get us back on track. Um, in 2017, Kareem Hunt was the number three back in the league. And you know what? Kareem Hunt was an unreal talent. And then all of a sudden you get to 2018 and there was that mess in the Chiefs' backfield. And the Chiefs still had Kareem Hunt in the top ten. And then all of a sudden you get to 2019 and a Chiefs running back was – where Damian. did they rank? Let me scroll down. Damian Williams. Hold on. I'm going to scroll down a little more. Oh, I have to keep scrolling. Damian Williams, number 34. Uh, Nick, I'm siding with you on this one. Um, You can, you, I do not trust that he is going to get that many looks. He he is going to be the guy in Kansas City. But what you're spending on him, it's it's way too much of a risk. The ceiling is very high for him, but we talked about this in um, Tampa Bay. There are too many mouths to feed in Kansas City and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you are spending way too much draft capital to get him. My last question to both of you is Paul, I gotta imagine they're very, very close to each other. Miles Sanders or Clyde Edwards Hilaire this year? Man, that is hard. I like Clyde. Yeah, Paul, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with Clyde because of uh, PPR. I think he'll get more catches. I think Sanders still. but That one's tough. That one's tough because I I think they're very similar players. Chiefs score more than Philly, so, yeah. Oh, hold on. Do we have a third running back we're talking about? Yeah, I just want to quickly talk about the hype in Antonio Gibson for the Washington (laughs) football team. I mean, no, let's be honest. Like, there is a hype around him about how explosive he could be, how he could get reps here. Are you buying into that, David? You drafted him, so I hope you're buying I, it. I, I dra- I'm buying into him, and I still am. And I don't believe he's been cut yet. The Washington football team has been all over Bryce Love. But then they came out this week and said, hey, guys, actually, we're looking to cut Bryce Love. The fact that they are going to potentially get rid of him, if they, if they commit to uh, cutting Bryce Love, I am all in on Antonio Gibson. And he's, he's going to be such a unique player. Unfortunately, Adrian Peterson is going to grab all of his touchdowns. So I don't his draft capital is very low for fantasy this year. I think he's going to be a great football player and an asset for the Washington football team. But as long as Adrian Peterson is there, Antonio Gibson is not going to have a ton of touchdowns, which is a dagger to my fantasy team. So 
before you weigh in here, Paul, I just want to point out the Washington football team all-time leading rusher is a fullback. Is a fullback. Yeah, you hate to see that. So historically, the the football team, Washington football team, <laughs> I can't, um, um, has not run the ball efficiently. I'm not buying into the hype. I think their best running back that I can remember may have been Alfred Morris. I'd go Chris Thompson over Alfred Morris. Paul, what do you think? Are you buying into Antonio Gibson hype? They're going to have someone better than that. But I'm not buying in the Antonio Gibson hype. Um, I just don't think they have a run game. And it really worries me anytime that the coaching staff is talking about utilizing him in different ways in the pass game and in the slot and all that. That means they don't trust him in the run game. He's a great athlete, great talent, but they're not going to trust him for the every down back, the goal line carries. It's just not going to be him. It worked I, for it worked for Tariq Cohen two years ago. I, I don't agree with that. They, they didn't utilize him in the same way. They, they didn't put him in a lot. I mean, he ran a lot of routes out of the backfield, but – I don't know the last athlete that we've seen where they're utilizing as a receiver and a running back. I, I just don't think that works out. It might be Kareem Hunt this year. Who knows? I saw something about that. Um, another running back on the Washington football team was Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis. Oh, yeah. He was a guy. Yeah, he was a guy. Um, all right. Let's move on to receivers. And I want to talk about Denzel Mims uh, first. I have him. You have him. David, take it away then, bud. He has been hurt for the entire training camp. He's got a hamstring injury, and apparently you can't be explosive if your hamstring is hurt. But he reported to practice yesterday. Denzel Mims has so much hype around him because the New York Jets do not have an explosive receiver, and they need Denzel Mims to be the guy. Um, I'm buying into him. I think they're going to feed him the football. And I honestly, I, I like him. If he, if this hamstring is fully healthy, he's going to be the only guy worth owning on this team on, in the, in the receiver position. Now, Paul, here's something interesting. I know he's not a rookie, but we're going to talk about him is the signing of Brashard Perryman. Do you think that takes away? He's hurt. Is he? I think he also has a hamstring injury. Okay. Dante Moncrief as well has just been signed. Um, Paul, does that do these two players, does Jameson Crowder hurt Mims this year? Or do you think his upside is too good to turn down? And where's his ECR and when's he drafted? Who's around them? Let's hear that. Uh, I'd like to correct myself. Rashard Perryman is having knee swelling problems and they cannot get his knee to go down after practice. So that's a concern. Okay. All right. It'll take me a few seconds to pull up the ECR, but the bottom line for my thought of Denzel Mims, Adam Gase. I mean, and then that's it. That's I'm done. There's no one that's going to be productive on an Adam Gase team. I think Jameson uh, clearly, here we go. clearly eats into the 12 passes a game that Sam Darnold's going to throw. <laughs> Jameson Crowder, Brashad Perryman, they are going to eat into it. Crowder is going to be the reliable guy underneath. I, I just battle in the backfield too. Yeah. I, I just don't see big upside for Denzel Mims. So, so right around him, I, I guess a good comparison, which 
He's going to ECR number 50 in uh, this is a dynasty league. Um, actually, it's a redraft league. He's going number 50. Right behind him is LaVisca Chenault Jr. out of Jacksonville. No. And which, go ahead. I actually like him better than Denzel Mims. I just I think they're going to be behind. I think Jacksonville's in need of a receiver, and I think Jacksonville's willing to throw the ball versus Adam Gase. And, Paul, that brings to the point right there. The Adam Gase offense in, in, for the Jets is just not good enough. They don't throw the ball enough for me to to like any receiver on that team. Like, Le'Veon Bell is a great talent, but I still get scared of him because Adam Gase. With that being said, like, the Jacksonville receiver, can't pronounce his name, Levavish, what's his name? Lavishka. 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 Junior, yeah. Yeah, so Jacksonville just got rid of Fournette, and I would rather have him over Mims, even though I think Mims long-term is going to be better. But until the Jets fix their offense, I don't want Mims on my team, unfortunately. Great talent. He's underrated. But until the Jets fix something, it's it's a no for me, dog. Well, okay, okay. So, so in a redraft league, I don't know why you're drafting Mims. There's so many more people who are going to get more looks. In a dynasty league, though, I mean, I'm going to, Nick just said long term, Mims is going to be, uh, well, better than LaVishka. But I, I, I still like Mims. He's going to be the guy there. He's going to take, I mean, Jameson Crowder had 122 targets. And didn't break a thousand yards. Yes, Paul Adam Gase, but like Finker, one of the ball or whatever his name was. I don't know. I he, he's gonna he's gonna eat up those targets. He's gonna have he's gonna have over ninety targets this year. And it's a matter of are those um, five yard targets or will he get a thousand yards? I think he'll be close. So right before him in a dynasty league, dynasty. We're talking dynasty here. Talking about practice. Number 49, A.J. Green. Oh, so, come on. A.J. Green's not going to be on the field. Denzel Mims. For the next three years, A.J. Green or Denzel Mims. Total points. Uh, can we also put in a factor? Is Adam Gase there next three years? Yes, he is. Oh, yeah, okay. Gase is there and Green's hurt. Mims. Mims. <laughs> AJ Green, top ten talent in the NFL. Stop Why saying that. Who are you taking? AJ Green. Okay. Okay. That was good. Okay. Let's let's let, 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 let's hit our next one. All right. Do you guys want to cover Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, or Jerry Judy? I want Judy and Jefferson. Okay, well, we can do both of those guys. So let's we'll start with Jefferson. Yeah, uh, Jefferson was just announced that he is the wide receiver three. He's in the um, he is in the starting mix, and guys, they're looking to fill the role. Somebody left. What's the name of the guy who left? Um, Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, I think he's gone too. Somebody is taking Stephon Diggs's targets, and that's Justin Jefferson. It. I, I, I'm ex- I'm excited about this guy. Um, I do like him more than Mims. I didn't get a chance to draft Jefferson, but Jefferson is going to fall into a role where he is going to take all of Diggs' targets. Um, I don't know how many vacated that is up um, right in front of me, if someone could look that up. 94. But 94? 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and he take that. Like he had like 150 in the prior year, too, I think. Yeah, this guy, this guy is going to get the targets. And Kirk Cousins, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say Paul caught passes from him. That was Derek Carr. Um, I talked to him one time. Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Did, yeah, he, mention, sure. did he mention anything about um, Justin Jefferson? No, he, he, talked about, he talked about Boone, Iowa. No. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I like Justin Jefferson. He's going to get the opportunity this year. Um, yeah, that, that that's it. I like the opportunity share that he's going to fall into. What do you think, I, Paul? I do not like him. I mean, we look at two years ago when Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs had massive years, total targets, were both over 100. But last year, Stefan Diggs led the team targets at 94, and that's because Adam Thielen – only played 10 games and not even those 10 games. He was fully on the field. The offense has changed. Gary Kubiak's there. They are a run first team. BC Johnson is looking better than ever. I just, maybe, maybe down the road, this guy could be there, but 60 targets maximum 30 to 40 receptions. And, and there's no doubt a big receiver. I could see his touchdowns being five to six but it's just not a guy I can own for at least two to three years. So, Paul, who has Gary Kubiak coached in the past as an offensive coordinator? Texans. Texans with with Watson, without Watson? Texans, Broncos. With Peyton Manning? Yeah. I, yes. I, well, so, so, so here's my thing. Is that in 2018 when you saw when you saw all those passing attempts to Thielen and Diggs, Kirk Cousins had 606 passing attempts. Last year he saw 444, 100 162 less passing attempts because they're feeding Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Cook is going to take away um, targets and the attempts. But if Cook goes down, Jefferson is a good option for your team. I mean, guys, okay, we're not going to argue about this. He His comparison is Reggie Wayne right now. Um, mm. I'm pretty sure we all love Reggie Wayne. I, I I think he is worth picking up in a dynasty league. I'm Redraft leagues, I, I don't like to take really any rookie receiver. I'm trying to think if there's any off the top of my head that I'd like this year. But in a dynasty league, I don't know why you wouldn't take this guy. He's going to develop. He's... He's going to fit the role in Minnesota. So, before it, Mims or Jefferson this year? You two? Mims. I, 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 I nope, nope. Oh, I lied. No, I'm sorry, no, Jefferson. No, Jefferson. No, back. No, Jefferson. No, Jefferson. No, take backs. No. Paul? Jefferson. Yeah, okay. Jefferson, cool. And David, you want to talk about Jerry Judy for the Broncos? The number two guy there, Cortland Sutton's number one. Uh, I'm still holding on to Drew Locke development, developing and the, the Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders kind of thing. Yeah. So, yes, so Paul, I know it's not Peyton Manning throwing in the ball. I get it. So, so here's the deal. The only reason you are taking Jerry Judy in any draft redraft or dynasty is because you believe Denver is going to change their offensive scheme. That is the only way Jerry Judy is effective I'm very high on Drew Locke because I believe that scheme is going to change. Now, Paul's going to chime in. He's going to be the next guy up, and he's going to say, look, Denver has never thrown the ball. You got Peyton Manning. That's a different story. 
Denver's a defense first team. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. I was in the middle of talking, Nick. Thank you. Right, sorry. Yeah, well, I, I do I'll, that all the time to you. I'll go um, in what Paul was, Paul was going to say. Yeah. Paul is going to come in and say, Drew Lawson can throw the ball to Cortland Sutton down the one yard line and then Melvin Gordon. Boom. Touchdown. Boom. Touchdown. The only reason you're taking Judy is if you think Denver can change their offensive scheme. And right now, everything is trending that way. And if they want to compete in the division, which Paul brought up earlier, if they want to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, they need to score more touchdowns and they need to quicken up their offense. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, you mean compete in the division outside of the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't need to score that many points. They just need to beat Oakland and the LA Clippers. That's it. That's it. So they're going to continue doing what they do, defense first, winning the game 17-15. That's what they've done in the past. That's the success they've had. Cortland Sutton to the one-yard line, boom, Melvin Gordon touchdown. I mean, that's what's going to happen. I, I think eventually Jerry Judy in Cortland Sutton will be a great team as soon as Drew Locke develops. I think maybe later in the year we'll see some good games out of both of them. But for the time being, I just don't think Denver is ready to hand over the reins to Drew Locke after a handful of games. They're just not quite there. That's not why they paid Melvin Gordon to come in. Hey, Paul, what, what an insult saying Oakland and then the L.A. Clippers to that division. <laughs> All right, so bad. you're right. That was bad. Three, three questions. Um, I'll follow it up. So who is going to be the best rookie wide receiver this year? Doesn't have to be one of the guys I mentioned. It could be C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, could be any of those guys. Who do you think? David, we'll start with you. Uh, C.D. Lamb in um, Dallas. Okay, Paul. Henry Ruggs. Oh. Actually, I, I, I take that no, back. No, no, no. Nick said no take backs. <laughs> okay, Henry Ruggs then. No, he gonna say. No, I actually like no, no backs. Okay, go ahead. Henry Ruggs. Sold. Sold. Okay. Um I'm gonna go with the best year this year is gonna be Henry Ruggs. The best year this year. Who out of these receivers, because I think the receiving class is great here, who is gonna have the best career out of these receivers? That's that's a loaded question here. Out out of anybody or the three we've talked about? No, no, no. Out of any re- rookie receiver. We've done the time to talk about all the receivers. I like C.D. Lamb to have the best career. I think they'll eventually move on from Amari Cooper. I think with Mike McCarthy in Dallas with Dak Prescott, I think he's got the most opportunity to have a great career. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to follow Paul. I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb because Dallas is going to love this guy. He is going to rise up and – Dallas is going to keep feeding him the ball. I'm sticking with him. All right, and I'm going to go Jerry Judy. Um, I just think I, I love him at Alabama. I watched a couple of his games. He's just super explosive. And I think CeeDee Lamb is also great. But a lot of good receivers. And last question to end the podcast. Who is going to be the rookie of the year? Clyde, Clyde edwards there. Cam Akers. Joe Burrow. 
That's a good pick. Okay, yeah, good cop out, Nick. Yeah, we didn't even talk about him tonight. We didn't cop about him, but come on. I mean, Joe Burrow is the best opportunity. But um, that'll do it for the next podcast. I hope you take these rookies into consideration your draft, your dynasty league. Whatever you need from us, reach out to us on Twitter at FFLongShots. We'll be putting some polls up here to prove Paul that Andy Reid, Andy Cheeseburger Reid is not as important as Patrick Mahomes. And Amari Cooper sucks. Thank you so much. <laughs>